0: Welcome to the Roxborough Church podcast. For more resources and information, visit roxboroughchurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. For a great time of worship! And as is our tradition, our kids are gearing up to go off to kids' church. And so, if you're young, you're coming off the kids' church. Come on up! Come on up! And we're going to start clapping for you because we're excited. We're excited. Yeah, we're gonna keep clapping until you go. So we're excited. Go have a great time. Have a great time. Yeah, don't give up yet. They're still standing there. We're still excited for them, right? Come on, come on. There it is, there it is. Have a great time, everybody. I I never had the gift of being able or the privilege of being able to attend kids church. Uh, I didn't come to church until I was a a bit older in life. And so um, whenever I see them lining up and we start clapping for them, I just try to imagine like years from now, you know, 10 years from now, 12 years from now, 20 years from now, those kids are going to have a moment in their life where where something just kind of triggers a memory for them. And they're going to remember back to a day when they were standing in front of the sanctuary and all the, the moms and dads in the church were clapping for them and were excited for them to go get these, these nuggets of biblical truth that are going to kind of be deeply rooted in their lives. And, uh, and they're going to call on those moments. They're going to call back on those moments. They're going to call back on those things that they learned during that time. And it's going to help them to navigate the way forward through A difficult season or through decisions they need to make and so i'm really excited that we as a church just really invest at that level to see these young people learning the truth at such a critical time Um, i'm really excited to to also bring the word today but before i do that let me uh, let me do two quick reminders this is the book that i was talking about this is the book i was talking about pastor crawford congratulations is this your third book (laughs) pastor crawford releasing his third book so, And I believe, I could be way wrong about this, but even if I'm wrong, don't correct me. Um, I believe this is the first one that's, 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 that's a hardcover. And so, so even if I'm wrong, we're going to go with that right now. It's the, it's the one that's a hardcover now, so we're excited for that. Uh, you're going to want to be here next Saturday. Come out and just encourage him. God has been putting a word in his heart for a while that he's put together in this format, and so I'm really excited. I, I'll be honest, I haven't had my chance to read it yet, but uh, I got some some time coming ahead of me really soon, so it's on my reading list. I'll be excited to get to that. Come and be a part of that next Saturday from 4 to 7. I wanted to make sure we got that. In a second, I just want to do a quick reminder. Um, as we've moved through this time with COVID, we've uh, Some things in the service have changed, and one of the things that has changed is we no longer kind of walk the aisle and pass the plates for our offering time. We have an offering box that lives up here in the front, and we encourage people who are in person to either give that way or give electronically. But I do want to remind you during this time, like the churches, uh, we we partner together with what God is doing through our gifts financially. And so, if you aren't yet in the habit for 2022 of of giving regularly, tithing. Um, and, and making gifts above and beyond those ties, I would really want to encourage you to go ahead and start that pattern today. You can give here in person. You can give online. If you're online with us, you can do that right now. You can click below or find the link or text Claire, however you want to do it to make sure you get that information so that you can give online and be a part of that with us. We are in week three of a four-week series in which we've been casting vision for 2022. And maybe by now you've picked up kind of where this vision is going. You know, we spent the first two weeks talking about praying and learning. Today we're going to talk about living. Next week I'll give you the, I'll give you the, uh, the look ahead for it. We're, next week we're going to talk about going, going. And so, so this idea of pray, learn, live, go is our um, ministry model for how we are training our congregation up to partner with God in reaching those who don't yet know Jesus. Right? And so if you've been thinking, where are we going with all this? That's where we're going. Essentially, the goal here is to set you up so that you are able, that I am able, that we are able to go forward reaching those who don't yet know Jesus. And so um, I hope that you've been able to follow along a little bit with that, and I hope you're excited to get into it with me today. The best way for us to start in that is to do a quick review of our first two. In week one, we talked about this. We said, centered in love, we are people who are praying with our eyes fixed on Jesus, who is leading us into intentional relationships where we can be a godly influence in the lives of the lost. Centered in love, everything we're going to do for all four of these weeks when we talk about is centered in love. Centered in love, coming from that place, we are entering into relationships that God puts us in, With the intent for us to live out our godly lives around people who might not yet know Jesus. There may be people in your life right now, people you see on a regular basis, who don't yet know Jesus. And as a result, you might go to school with them, you might work with them, you might be on a community board with them, you you, you might ride the bus with them, you might be their teacher in the hair salon. Wherever it is, however it goes, you probably have people in your life right now who don't yet know Jesus. And we're saying, God, we are praying that you will allow us to be an influence in those moments, in those relationships. Help us to reflect you in those relationships, especially around people who don't yet know you. And then last week, Pastor Charlie brought, brought the word as he talked about being centered in love, that we're people who learn through the study of God's word and the pursuit of ongoing discipleship. Now, I want to give you a quick analogy for this because this rings true for us. Um, I've realized that it's really important to know what you're talking about. Amen. Come on, we all realize, this. anybody ever chew on their shoe, right? You ever just say something, you realize you stuck your foot in your mouth, you're like, hmm, I had no idea what I was doing when I did that, right? There was a TV show that came out probably a dozen years ago now, it was called Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, right? Anybody ever watch that show? You know, you saw it a couple times, like a, like a game show, and it, it kind of mocked the fact that most of us aren't actually smarter than fifth graders. Well, I've realized, you know, when I, when I heard the concept of the show, I thought to myself, that's crazy. And then, and then COVID happened. And during COVID, over the last two years, we've had many moments where we've had to become the teacher because our kids have been on virtual school. And I've had to go to my kid and say, what am I supposed to teach you? Because I don't understand it. And I realized in those moments, I am not smarter than the fifth grader, right? But if I'm supposed to be the teacher in that moment, I need to be. So I need to do whatever prep work I gotta do. I need to look ahead for a day, a week, a month, whatever I gotta do. I gotta Google my friend. I gotta call on. I gotta. I gotta. You know, like on on uh, on who wants to be a millionaire. I gotta phone a friend. Right. Like I gotta do whatever I can. Use all my lifelines to try to be prepared so that I can give that lesson when Isaiah is home, and I've gotta be his virtual instructor. Instructor. Well, because I've realized that's true, I want to I wanna draw that analogy all the way over to us when we think about our faith as well. You say, Pastor Ray, you're up here, and you're, you're saying, hey, get ready, because I want you to go talk to somebody who doesn't know Jesus. And you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to chew on my shoe because I might not be smarter than a fifth grader in this moment. I might not know what to say. That might be the apprehension. How do I know what to say? Or or how do I know what to do? Or I meet somebody who doesn't know Jesus, and they ask me some question about like Old Testament kings, and I'm like, I got no idea. And so we said last week, here's, here's your training ground. Get plugged into a Bible study. Get plugged into a small group. Surround yourself with a couple of friends in church that, that, that are walking with Jesus and just say, hey, like, I want to walk the way you're walking, right? And so that, when Pastor Charlie was preaching last week and he was talking about charging us to know the word of God, this is what he was saying. He was saying we need to be centered in love and we need to be people who are learning through the study of God's word, the active study of God's word and the pursuit of ongoing discipleship. In other words, we, we're not there. Even though we've graduated fifth grade, we're still pursuing to be smarter than a fifth grader, right? Like we're still growing in that space. That was a very real-time analogy. This week, our kids have been home online, and, uh, and there have been a couple of occasions where I texted Michelle, and I said, Michelle, I don't know the answer to this. Can you help me? And, uh, and she, 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 she either knew it or Googled it really quickly and sent me back the instruction on how to instruct. And we did that vice versa. It went both ways, but it was, uh, it was exciting to say, okay, we got to be studied up in order to know what we're doing. Well, here we go. We're going to enter into week three, and this week, this week we're talking about living. We're talking about living our lives, and we're talking about living our life out loud. Um, I'm, going to, I'm going to paint a word picture for you, and let me see, let me see what comes to your mind. Like, who is it that you think of when I say like, somebody who's got a big, bold, loud, crazy, fun personality? You got somebody in your mind? Maybe you're thinking of like 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 a TV star, or 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 you're thinking of you know like some somebody famous, or somebody in your family, like the really loud person in your family who everybody knows when they're there, when they show up, you know, like you know everybody got somebody in their mind. If not, I can I can lend you some people if you need to borrow somebody, right? Does anybody think of anybody? Don't point them out. Anybody think of anybody in the sanctuary? Got those kind of spaces, right? 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 I've got a good friend, and she matches me in terms of loud, bold personality. Hers is often accompanied with a really loud laugh that nobody mistakes for anybody else's. And, and, and man, every time she comes into the building, man, I, I find joy in my life because I hear her and I think it goes both ways. I think she feels the same way when, when she knows I'm in the building, too. And so, what, what, you know, maybe you got somebody in your mind like that. But that's the image I want you to hold on to. We're going to talk about and translate that to our faith in just a second. But that's the image I want you to hold on to. We're going to look at a couple different passages that kind of walk us through this. So if you want to turn, with your, turn in your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. We're going to pick it up in verse 42. We'll get 42 to 47. Um, if you're new to our church, we have a tradition here that when we, when we turn to the Word of God, we proclaim that we're there by saying amen. And if I move too fast, we say, slow down. And I'll, I'll slow it down for you and get you there. Speaking of slow down, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Bruce and Barb. You're probably going to watch from your new place out in the Hershey area. Man, I miss hearing Bruce say, what would he say? <laughs> He's going too fast. Bruce and Barb, we hope you're doing well out there. We love you guys. All right, well, here we go. This is what it says in Acts chapter 2. I heard one amen. Anybody else get there? Okay, all right, all right. Here we go. Starting in the 42nd verse. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Father God, would you bless your word and would you help it to uh, take root in our lives as we think about how we are to live out our faith. God, give us instruction both through your word and through your preached word. God, that we would be able to go forward from here being the visible church for those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to state this as as a matter of fact. You can negotiate it with the Lord later. But I'm gonna say we can't win those whom we don't know we can't win those whom we don't know now I know there are the exceptions you might meet somebody who says I came to faith because I was driving down the road and I saw a billboard and the billboard said turn to Jesus and I just did a U-turn and now my life is different I believe that God works in miraculous ways like that amen all right. So I know that not everybody comes to faith through the formula, but this formula, I believe, still has the ability to capture the majority. I believe that we are meant to be in intentional relationships with other people. And in those intentional relationships with people, people begin to see what it looks like to be a person who's practicing their faith. We We have to understand this because... Almost everything that we find ourselves doing, we do because somebody modeled it for us. At a very young age, you start thinking about, what do I want to be when I grow up? And the thing that comes to your mind is not something you've never heard of before, but it's someone who you saw doing it. And you're like, yeah, I want to be Sally, who I saw doing that. And you begin to identify what you want to do because of something that was modeled in front of you how many of us thought we were going to be school teachers growing up at some point because you had a teacher who you really liked you were like i only three of us who are y'all teachers i had great teachers i was i'm gonna be a teacher for sure you know and like you know or or, you know how many of us are like man like i saw i saw an athlete on tv and I'm, i'm gonna be that person no just just two of us okay all right. and, and the young people, okay, thank you, young people, for going along with me. Well, I don't know who it was you thought you were going to be growing up, but this is who you are now. And so, But I, I believe this. I believe that we can't win those whom we don't know. So the converse of that means that if we're trying to win people, we've got to actually, come on, Tom, you with me, all right. If we're trying to win people, we've got to actually know them. We've got to actually engage in relationship with people. We've got to actually come alongside of people. So we see the early story of the church. Acts chapter 2 is the early story of the church. It's the the formation of the earliest church, right? And so here it is. The church is gathered together. The apostles are leading it. And the, the passage that we read ends with, and God added to their number daily, that God in his favor every day was like, here's a couple more, here's a couple more, here's a couple more. Now, ever since then, from that point going forward, ever since then, the church has been trying to say, we want to do that. We want to do that, right? Like, if I asked you, if I asked you, church, what do we want to do? Somewhere on your list of things we want to do as a church, you would say, we want to reach new people. We want more people to know about Jesus than know about Jesus right now. We want more, more people to experience the, the worship that we're a part of and, and, and the word that's being preached and, and, and the active... active uh, The activation of our faith, the way that we're experiencing, we want more people to be a part of that, right? So for the last 2,000 years, the church has been saying, like, we want to do that. So what was it about this moment, and what do we see in that moment coming forward that really inspires or encourages us to take our next steps? Well, here it is. I'm going to start us off. Our first point this morning here. We live our lives together and in common with other believers. As Christians, we live our lives together and in common with other believers. Now look, the, the story in Acts is radical in the way that it plays out. You know, it, it basically suggests that the, the, the early believers got together and they said, hey, let's Annie in. Let's just go all in. And they went all in. Everything they had is put in a pot. And they said, all right, now everybody who's, everybody who's here, when you need something, reach in a pot. Now I'm not suggesting that all of you come in next week with, your, with all you have and just dump it here in the front. Though it will be kind of interesting to look at and see how that goes, right? You know, it would be, it'd be an interesting sermon illustration and Pastor Crawford would be preaching, so he'd have to figure out what to do with that. So, but but I'm, not, I'm not really suggesting that, but I am saying this, right? They were in common. They were together. Let me ask you some very pointed questions. When was the last time you intentionally chose To be with people that you see in the sanctuary right now? It's a a question you're meant to process, not to speak out loud to you. So when was the last time that you were like, I'm just going to intentionally be around these people? Now listen, I get it. If your first thought was, Pastor Ray, do you know what year it is? Do you know the things that are going on around us? Do you know that that that, that there's a virus that's that's debilitating? Yeah, I I understand. So I understand if that has to happen in different ways. I understand if that happens with reservation. I understand if that happens with distance. But I also understand that the question is still valid. How is it that you're allowing God to bring you proximate with other believers? I say this probably once a month when I preach that, that we were known and influenced by those who we know and influence. Those around us, people we hang with, have a direct impact on who we're becoming, right? Well, if that's the case, there's nobody else I want to be with. If that's the case, if it's true that we rub off on each other, there's nobody else I want to be with, right? I hope that you're looking around like, man, like, yeah, yeah. There's some people here that just, like, inspire me in my faith. Yeah. There's some people here that are walking with Jesus in ways that is, like, contagious, and I want to, I want to, I want to receive that. Yeah. We are meant to live our lives together. Some of us need to hear that and hear the word together. We need to hear the invitation to step out of our isolation and into intentional community. And some of us need to hear the next part of that, in common, in common. In common doesn't mean that we see everything the same. In common doesn't mean that we all choose to, 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 to stand at the same height and wear the same outfits. and It doesn't mean that. But in common means we're identifying our purpose and we're running together in that direction. We're moving together in that space. So watch this. Here's the easy in common. I have said now five times that our goal, our goal is from this point forward to be people who are reaching the lost. So meaning if we're living in common, it means together we're agreeing that, yeah, 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 like we're going to be about reaching those who don't know Jesus. So what is my part in that? How do I participate in that? How do I help encourage that? How do, I, how do I get prepared for that? How do I give my gifts to that? That's what it means to be in common. It doesn't mean that we all have to be doing exactly the same thing at exactly the same time. Do we understand the difference? You see that? So there's a charge for us on point number one. We live our lives together. Dave, you want to bring that up for me? We live our lives together and in common with other believers. We're choosing to intentionally say, I'm coming along. If you were going to take a couple of notes here, let me rattle off four ways that I think we can live our life in common with other believers. I think these are very just four practical things that kind of tie us together when we talk about living our life in common with other believers. Here it is. Number one, we talk about faith. We have that in common. We all believe in Jesus Christ. We all believe in the authority of God's word. We all believe in the saving power of the death and resurrection of Jesus. We practice our faith. We're all committed as believers in Jesus to saying we're going to allow our faith to not just be a Sunday thing, but to be something that we practice, that we participate in. And so as a result, one of the things we have in common is that together we all practice our faith. What does that look like for you? Somebody says, I practice my faith by praying. I'm a prayer warrior. People text me and I pray for them. Somebody says, I practice my faith by by reading. I I study the Word of God. I study books. I read books. I read read things that influence, and I pass them along to other believers. And and, and as a result, that's one of the ways that I practice my faith. Third, we we worship together. Next Saturday, next Sunday night, don't miss it. 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock, set that time aside on your calendar. Be here. Join in for a time of worship with an expectation that God will not only receive it, but that God will show favor on it, that that he'll bless it, that that, 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 the spirit of God will rain down in that moment. See, we believe that there's something that happens during worship where we're expressing ourselves, but where God also expresses himself. And so we worship. And then a fourth way is that we serve. We serve. Our Christian faith is active. We're called to be for others. If we're active and we're called to be for others, we serve. We find ways to take what we believe and to practice it, that we would be built up, and then to actually go out and serve, to do something, to express that faith that the lives of others might be changed. Pastor Crawford, Mel, and Rick are about to get on a plane, and they're heading down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, and while they're down in Tulsa, Oklahoma, they're going to do an exploration trip and meet a number of, of, of ministries and mission partners down in Oklahoma, and they're going to ask that question, like, if we were to come and to be a part of what God is doing here, how could we serve? How could our faith be both uh, be, be both active in, in, on display, but also be encouraged and be challenged and charged through the act of serving here? And then they're going to come back, and they're going to process what they experienced, and then they're going to... Lord willing, if he leads this way, then they're going to create an opportunity for us as a church early in the fall to say, hey, we're going to go down and we're going to partner with what God is doing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. That's one way that we serve. But it's not only on the mission field that we serve. Somebody made the coffee you're drinking today. All of you came in and the coffee was hot. I don't drink coffee, so it doesn't do anything for me that it's hot. But but how many of y'all got a cup of coffee and you enjoy that? Anybody? Anybody? Yeah, come on. Come on, come on, thank the person who made it. Somebody expressed their faith by saying, I'm going to get up early, and I'm going to get in there, and I'm going to serve. And I'm going to make sure that that coffee is hot and ready so that people can be encouraged, and maybe they can stay awake when Pastor Ray is preaching, and those things will be helpful. And and bam, there it is. So whoever makes the coffee, thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, here we go, second, let's move on. The second thing I want us to understand this morning is that, uh, that we are grounded in love. That grounded in love, we cling to community. Grounded in love, we cling. We, we, we gather tightly to community. Turn with me to the book of Romans in the 12th chapter. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. I'm going to run out of time, so we're going to have to turn quickly. So here we go. Romans chapter 12, starting in the third verse. Is anybody there? All right, there we go. Romans 12, starting in verse 3. For by grace Cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is uh, hate what is sorry, I lost my spot. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people uh, who are in need, and practice hospitality. Paul's charge to the church when it came to living out their faith was to recognize that we're we're all in this together, right? You can hear a theme song going right there, right? We're all in this together, and that that actually it requires all of us in order to accomplish this, that that what God is doing here, God himself gets the glory, but what God is doing... Through us requires all of us to be active and engaged together, and I believe what Paul was pointing to is this idea that, that we not only have to function together, we have to interdependently function together. We have to cling on to one another. I remember when I was uh, when I was when I was younger. There was I was I was really captivated by magnets. Anybody else like? Think magnets are really cool like i just thought it was so cool if I, it, like especially when you get like a bigger magnet I like a little itty bitty one but when you get a bigger one and you kind of walk past something you just watch it like suck it in you're like that was so cool you know and i've, I've never done this but like i would love to do like a, a field trip for the church like let's go, go get like um like uh those uh what are those things you wave around you can see when metal's in the ground yeah, yeah, get one of them, and then get, like, like, really big magnets, and let's just go walk the beach and just see what we can find, you know? Like, I just think it would be so cool to spend a day like this, right? But, but my point is, like, I was captivated by these magnets because it, you could just walk past something and it would just, like, suck it in, like, sh- sh-. I imagine my mom hoped I would be captivated by a vacuum because it does the same thing, but it did not have the same appeal to me, right? It just did not have the same appeal, but but this idea of, like, like the, the, this magnet would just draw things to it, like, I think that that's kind of what we're meant to be like in our faith, that as people, others gravitate into, and as they gravitate in, just like a magnet would, when, some, when a magnet attracts this other metal, it's inseparable at that point. It kind of clings onto it, and it hangs on. And like, you've got to force them apart, right? Like, this idea of, of being people of faith is that, that, that all of our gifts are meant to be, it, be in unison with one another, in, 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 expressed in community, and active together, interdependently. That doesn't mean you can come and do my part. It doesn't mean I can go and do your part. But it means you need my part, and I need your part. Right? And so somehow, church, if we're going to be about reaching the lost, then we got we to figure out how to do this, really really well together like my heart needs to break on Sunday when I don't see you can we live with that for a second like my heart may not just be filled by the fact that I see everybody else my heart still needs to break for the fact that I don't see you that there's somebody missing that there's a part of me that's not active right now that there's something that's not functioning at capacity Now, don't think I'm talking about Pastor Scott because he's on vacation. He's in Disney World having a good time. He'll be back on Monday. Don't worry about it. Everybody gets a break, but I'm not talking about that. But I'm saying, like, God, cultivate in me a heart that is is interdependent on the community I'm a part of. So that when they hurt, I hurt. When they rejoice, I rejoice. When they're in need, I'm in need. When they celebrate, I'm celebrating. Right? That together we're actively like man, we're going to run together after what God has called us to. Then in order for us to run the way we need to, we each need to offer that community the gifts the Lord has given us. I love the fact that, that Paul begins to list out. He says, well, if you were made for this, then do it. And if you were made for that, then do that. And if you were made for this, then make sure you do this. And do it well. And do it in the Lord. Because somehow when we express our faith in the ways that God has made us up, somehow what we're offering is a gift to the whole community. So if we as a church, we want to be about reaching the lost. We've got to be interdependent. We've got to be in this together. Flip over to the book of James, chapter 5. James, chapter 5. Here's a gift that comes to us in community. James chapter 5 and verse 16, it says this. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. The word that we get here from James is that what we find in community is healing. Healing. What we find in in, in being together is healing. Because I know that when I'm with you, that I'm with somebody who's praying for me. And you know that when you're with me, you're with somebody who's praying for you. And it is actually in this corporate body that there's healing. That God hears the prayers of his people. There's an expectation that together we are seeking the best for one another and from one another. Church, make it a point. I'm going to pray. I'm going to intentionally set time aside to pray for my church family just did a message down at the school, at the high school that I work at on, uh, on Thursdays. And uh, I was down there with them, and I was, I was praying with them and talking with them. And, and the message that I, that I gave them and the charge that I gave them was to implement a prayer strategy. Now, they're in high school, and so you've got to kind of spell it out for what that would look like, you know, as they're trying to form their thoughts about prayer. And so I, I offered them the chance to adopt this. And I'll say this to us. We're not too old to adopt this either. Here was the prayer strategy I gave them. Commit to the praying. Minutes versus days. So on the first day of every month, commit to pray for a minute. On the 12th day of every month, commit to pray for 12 minutes. You're going to follow this? On the 13th day of every month, commit to pray for? All right, there you go. You're counting along now. so, So on the short month of February, you only have to pray for 28 minutes. Right? They said, well, I never thought about, like, what it looks like to actually commit time to praying. I just pray when something comes to my mind. Uh, I'm in need, Father, help me. You know, I'm going to be late for school. God, get me there. What if our prayer was just like intentional time? We said, I'm going to intentionally set this time aside, and I'm going to pray for these people. I'm going to pray that God would use these people. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, Pastor Ray, I am way too mature to only pray for a minute. I didn't say you only had to pray for a minute. I said you're committing to at least pray for a minute, right? And by the end of the month, you're mature enough that you're like, "Whoa, get into those heavy minutes. And then, then it starts again. Starts again. Either way, either way, there's something about being intentionally committed to prayer and praying for one another. But you'll note that James doesn't only just say pray for one another. He says, be in a community in such that you would confess your sins to one another, that you would be vulnerable with one another that you would be open with one another. Look around and decide who's the person that I can go deep with, who can know my story, who can see what I'm going through, and they can walk with me in it. All right, Pastor Ray, get us there. So here it is. This is the fourth point of the day. We as followers of Christ will live out our faith in community. First Peter chapter 4, verses 8 to 11. First Peter 4, 8 to 11. As you turn there, I'm going to start reading it just for the sake of time. Above all, love one another deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. I'll read that again. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in all of its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so, <coughs> excuse me, as the one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Peter's word here is that, we, uh, that we're meant to bathe all these things in love. And as a result, we're, we're, we're living out our faith in front of others, right? We're we're actively engaging our faith in front of our community. Why? Because if we actively live out our faith in front of our community, what will happen is that it will be contagion to others. We will begin to invite others in naturally because they're seeing what we're about. It's not something that we have have to make up along the way. It's not something that we have to We we, we had to try to design some integrate plan for simply put, go and live your walk with Jesus in such a way that someone around you was like, why do you do that? And then be ready to tell them. Just tell them. Because that crazy guy with a beard and no hair, he told me I should just actively live my life this way. And I started doing it and somebody would ask and you asked and I'd love for you to come find out more about it. Or even better, because before I lived my life this way, my life was out of control. It was on a path that I don't ever want to be on again. And I recognized that there's God who loves me. And I might not have all the answers for you about it. I'd be happy to walk with you while we find them out together. Church, there's someone today who will die not knowing Jesus and I cannot wait to be able to say God I exhausted my breath that that statement might not be true for somebody so I invite you here the last two weeks, this week next week lean into our method of of reaching the lost. Bring into this plan that we're going we're gonna to pray, we're going to learn, we're going to live, and next week, Pastor Crawford is going to charge us to go, to take these things and put them into action. Here's the actual language for our point around living. Centered in love, we are intentionally inviting others to into the closest circles of our lives, including our families and our church. This week, pray those pray that as a prayer. God, help me to open the doors of my house, open the circles of my life, and invite somebody into our church. Someone once said that every dining room table should always have an empty seat so there's room for the passing guest. I pray that that's true not just for your table. I pray that's true for your deepest circles, and I pray that's very true for our church. Let's pray together. Jesus, I pray this morning that you would continue to to shape this vision for reaching the lost, for being people who are actively engaging our faith in such a way that we're inviting others to do the same. God, whether it's at the gym, whether it's at our place of work, whether it's on the bus, whether it's in school, whether it's, you know, uh, on the ball field, whether it's in a grocery store, God, help me to live my life connected to others in such a way that somebody would see and they would hear
1: and they would ask,
0: And we would be able to respond, that we would be ready to give testimony to your faithfulness and goodness, to your saving power, your redemptive plan and will for our lives. God, we worship you. And God, we pray that reaching the lost is not something that we're trying to do because we want to say, ha, ha reach more people. But reaching the lost is something we're trying to do because we want to be able to sing the words to that song that we sung. That hell lost another one. That someone's life was radically changed. And that forever is now their gift that they are w- going to be with you in eternity. God, redeem my life in such a way that I'd be passionate, committed to reaching those who don't yet know you. We honor you, Lord, and we love our church. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, Visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10:30 a.m.